Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, what he called the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself the fundamental question, what is the Christian Gospel? What did Jesus challenge his audiences to believe as the Gospel or Good News? What did Jesus mean by the phrase so often found on his lips, the kingdom of God? When did you last hear a preacher or evangelist invite us to repent and believe in the gospel about the kingdom of God, as Jesus invited his audience to do in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15? We concluded our last program by quoting a very remarkable statement from a leader in the Church of England, an Archbishop of Canterbury, in fact, in which he pointed out that it was quite extraordinary that the kingdom of God figured so little in the theology and the religious writings of almost the entire period of Christian history after the first century. That's to say, after the death of the apostles, until now, the kingdom has featured very little in the teaching of the church. And yet this Archbishop of Canterbury also pointed out that in the Gospels, as we have them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the kingdom of God has a tremendous prominence. We're very much challenged by that statement of the archbishop because there's a glaring difference between what Matthew, Mark, and Luke report as the center of Jesus' teaching and what has been the center of the teaching of the church for some 2,000 years since the first century. So this scholar of the Church of England agrees with us that the gospel of the kingdom has not been the center of attention for many, many years in the church as it was in the original Christian church of the first century when Jesus and the apostles were preaching. We trust that the impact of these astonishing facts will not be missed. While churches have continued to function for the past nearly 2,000 years since the time of Jesus, there seems to be a glaring difference between what Jesus taught as the gospel and what churches in general have been teaching. Now, this doesn't have to do with some purely secondary matters, matters of secondary importance. The factor which seems to have been lacking in preaching and teaching all these years is nothing less than the heart and the center of all that Jesus taught, namely what he called the gospel message about the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. I want to take a few moments now to confirm the fact that the kingdom of God is indeed the center of Jesus' gospel message. Now, I believe a child of ten or twelve could easily affirm this by picking up a Bible and simply saying, what is it that Jesus was concerned about in his ministry? And no doubt he would find that it was the kingdom of God. But let me add then to that evidence the witness of contemporary scholars there's really no disagreement at all among scholars that the kingdom of God was indeed the subject of Jesus' entire message and mission. Let me give you one quotation as follows, for example. I quote, On one central point, there's a strong consensus of opinion. The consensus can be summarized like this. The central theme in the preaching and life of Jesus was the kingdom of God. That was by Thomas Groom, an expert on Christian religious education. But the same author points out that in the message preached by the church since those apostolic times, the kingdom of God has not occupied a central place. 
There are many distinguished names in the field of Bible writing who will confirm the absolute centrality of the message about the kingdom in the teaching of Jesus. Hans Kung, for example, well-known theologian, says the following thing, This term, kingdom of God, is at the center of the proclamation of Jesus. Another writer says this, The most certain historical fact about Jesus' life is that the idea which dominated his preaching, the reality which gave meaning to all of his activity, was the kingdom of God. Now, this fact and its implications are of fundamental importance for all of us who are Bible students and attempting to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. This fact provides us with two essential keys to understanding Jesus. First, Jesus was not the central focus of his own teaching, at least not at the beginning of his ministry, and this fact is commonly admitted. There are many other prominent witnesses who corroborate our essential idea that the kingdom of God was the most important factor in the teaching and preaching of Jesus. In other words, Jesus did not come into Galilee saying initially, Repent and believe in me and my death for your sins and my resurrection. He said rather, Turn your hearts towards God's message about the kingdom of God, which he, Jesus, was proclaiming to the public. I quote now from another distinguished writer. He says, The whole message of Jesus focuses upon the kingdom of God. And so I think you would have to agree that our title for this program, Focus on the Kingdom, is in no way out of place. Another writer says this, It's generally admitted that the focal point of Jesus' message was the coming of the kingdom of God. And at the turn of the century, a well-known theologian in England, giving a lecture on the main subjects of the New Testament, said this, There can be no question within our Lord's teaching that the kingdom of God is the representative and all-embracing summary of his mission. Now, if all this is true, we may reasonably ask, what has happened to Jesus' gospel message? It's highly instructive to notice also that a leading writer on evangelism in our time frankly admits that the kingdom of God, he says, is conspicuously absent from modern preaching. He asks the following question, How much have you heard about the kingdom of God? Not much. It's not our language, but it was Jesus' prime concern. This statement came from a prominent evangelist after he'd attended the Lausanne International Conference on World Evangelization in 1974. There's an equally remarkable admission by a prominent spokesman for the so-called church growth movement in our time. Peter Wagner has this to say about the kingdom of God, and I quote, Modern scholarship is unanimous in the opinion that the kingdom of God was the central message of Jesus. If this is true, and I know of no reason to dispute it, I cannot help wondering out loud why I haven't heard more about it in the thirty years I've been a Christian. I certainly have read about the kingdom of God enough in the Bible. Matthew mentions the kingdom fifty-two times, Mark nineteen times, Luke forty-four times, but I honestly cannot remember any pastor whose ministry I've been under actually preaching a sermon on the kingdom of God. As I rummage through my own sermon barrel, I now realize that I myself have never preached a sermon on the kingdom of God. Where has the kingdom been?
End of quotation. Once again, we hope that the extraordinary implications of these frank statements will not be overlooked. Michael Green, the evangelist I quoted earlier, notes the absence of the kingdom of God language amongst leading evangelists today. And Peter Wagner, the church-planting expert, apparently says that he has not preached on the kingdom of God at all. But the fact remains central to our whole discussion. Jesus always preached about the kingdom of God. You'll find that fact in Matthew 4, verse 17, Matthew 4, verse 23, Matthew 9, verse 35, Matthew 24, and verse 14. And particularly in Luke 4, verse 43, where Jesus said that he had been commissioned by God to announce the kingdom of God to all the cities of Palestine, and that indeed was the reason why God had sent him. And in the ministry of Jesus, as it continued after his resurrection through the apostles, we find the very same fact that the apostles preached and proclaimed the very same gospel of the kingdom of God. You'll find that fact recorded in Acts 8 and verse 12, Acts 14, verse 22, Acts 19, verse 8, and Acts 20, verse 25, and at the very end of the book of Acts, in summary, in chapter 28, verses 23 and 31. It's impossible not to see there the extraordinary prominence given to the gospel about the kingdom. Now, here's a quotation from another writer on the Bible. He says this, During the past 16 years, I can remember only two occasions when I heard sermons specifically devoted to the theme of the kingdom of God. I find this silence rather surprising, because it's universally agreed by New Testament scholars that the central theme of the Gospels and of the teaching of Jesus was the kingdom of God. The phrase kingdom of God was used by Jesus more than any other phrase, and so you would expect that the modern preacher, who's trying to bring the message of Jesus to his congregation, would have a great deal to say about the kingdom. But in fact, my experience has been just the opposite, and I have rarely heard anything about the kingdom of God in sermons. End of quotation. That was a quotation from Dr. Howard Marshall in an article entitled Preaching the Kingdom of God. But we may ask this question, how can Christ be preached at all if his gospel message is not communicated to the potential converts? Isn't it true that faith comes by hearing and hearing from Messiah's message? If that is true, that faith can only arise when the message of Messiah is clearly proclaimed, then surely it must follow that the bulk of Christian preaching should center around that very message of Messiah, namely the gospel about the kingdom of God. It's agreed on all sides that Jesus' supreme purpose concerned the kingdom of God. But at the same time, those who claim to be propagating the gospel, the Christian gospel, seem to say very little or nothing about the kingdom. Many preachers indeed don't sound like Jesus at all. He always spoke about the kingdom, but they seldom do. Another commentator says this, I quote again, One of the central messages of the New Testament, which is now not very often heard by the average churchgoer, is the proclamation of the kingdom of God as Jesus preached it. That coming of the kingdom was promised in every book of the Old Testament, almost without exception. The prophets promised this new age of the kingdom on the other side of the judgment, and they promised a renewed, promised land 
where Israel could dwell in faithfulness and security in a new covenant relationship with their God, and Israel would, by her light, attract all nations into fellowship with God. Israel anticipated that coming kingdom and experienced a foretaste of it in her worship. Throughout most of the pages of the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, Israel strained forward towards the arrival of the kingdom. In the quotation, now that's a fine statement indeed, and there's no question that the bulk of what the prophets had to say concerned this very matter of the kingdom of God. If you will examine the works of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and the so-called minor prophets, the twelve minor prophets, you will find that they often speak of a great day coming, of a good time coming, when the world will be restored to the condition it had originally enjoyed in the Garden of Eden, when people will be freed from diseases, when murders will be a thing of the past, when wars will no longer be fought, when adultery will cease to take place, when drug-taking will be a thing unknown, when the present training places of armies and soldiers will become sort of curio museums, and people will beat their swords into plowshares, and they will not learn war ever again. You'll find that prediction in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. That is the substance of what all the prophets of Israel preached and taught, and by that great time coming they meant indeed the kingdom of God. Our time is running out for today. We invite you to request from us our free book on the kingdom of God, an article entitled The Christian Gospel, and a tape of the program you've been listening to. Meanwhile, join us again as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.